for clicking play on this episode of PageCast, a book-centered podcast series brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. In this episode, the wonderful Danielle Wheatley, brand builder, editor, and writer, is in conversation with Jo Watson regarding her latest romantic comedy titled What Happens on Vacation. Two rivals, one holiday, and a trip that they will never forget. Watson returns with a hilarious and heartfelt new Enemies to Lover forced proximity rom-com. It's the book you won't want to go on holiday without. Enjoy this episode of PageCast. Hey everyone, hi, I'm Danielle Weekly. Welcome to PageCast, brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. I have the enormous pleasure of chatting to Jo Watson today, she is one of my new romance faves. And I mean, hello, book talk. Joe, you were made for this, it seems like. Um, can I just say before we even start that books aside, <laughs> we seem to have a little bit too much in common because I saw a mention of Depeche Mode in a recent piece. And frankly, anyone who adores Depeche Mode as much as I do is uh, destined to be a brilliant interview. Let's just talk about Let's Depeche Mode this. for 30 minutes. How's the new album? It's great. You know, I was trying to plan an entire trip to London just to manage to get them at the end of June at that mm. concert, which is very childish and also very childish mainly because, you know, really, is that what one should be spending one's money on in 2023? I think the answer is still probably yes. You're going to think I'm very childish then because I'm booked to go to Amsterdam on <gasps> the 16th and 18th of April <laughs> and I go every single tour. I go That's amazing. They're in London on the 18th of June and I'm like counting down the sleeps. <laughs> you should do it. Good. It's worth uh, it. We're doing it. Mm. We, are, we are going. I'm so glad I'm not the only far-flung fan from around the world mm. who's rolling into okay. Memento Mori tours part like a jillion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no way around the 90s without having some deep-seated love of Depeche Mode, honestly. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. I mean, like I said, I always hate to sound corny, but I'm going to sound corny. They literally like sing to my soul. It's like the soundtrack of my life. But even in my adulthood, they just seem to capture whatever mood I'm in currently. I don't know. It's like they read my mind. No, I, I love them too. So I knew this was going to be a, a rocking interview, regardless of where we got to on romances. But I do want to start with romances and I, I want to start at the beginning but I also I wanted to ask you this because there's been a lot of press this year globally around the deluge of rom-coms on streaming services and it's prompted quite a few pieces that I've seen on why they're back after years of superhero movies and things like that personally in my own opinion they should never have disappeared anyway and I read a great quote which I thought was really cool it said times are tough and when times are tough more romantic comedies is exactly what we need like scarlet lipstick during the war, they add a streak of hope, the guarantee of a happy ending, and a good shot of pure and adulterated power of love. Would you agree with this take? And is that why you've been a reader and a writer and a lover of this genre? Yes, I do agree. I'm actually not a reader of the genre, but we can talk about that later. But I, I absolutely agree. I think that this world is tough. I mean, I think anyone existing, I mean, rom-com kind of blossomed during COVID and that's for yes. obvious reasons. People were in lockdown, everyone's depressed, crappy time. Really was, we were living under the most extreme circumstances ever. And there was definitely a rise of rom-com during that time. And I think that is just so obvious why. 
it's so obvious. We needed that escape. We needed lightness. We needed a laugh. Some of my favorite memories of being an author or my favorite achievements, I'd say, are during COVID when I had readers reach out and say, thank you so much. I've binge read your entire series. It really helped. I, you know, I laughed. I enjoyed it. So I think that, um, you know, that's what people need. And I think rom-com has been looked down on over the years. It's snubbed as a form of literature, especially in South Africa. I mean, I did an article for the Mail and Guardian in the UK a couple of years ago about this exact thing where people have kind of looked down at an, on a genre. It's not as worthy as literary fiction or whatever. And yeah. we're not out here to win a Pulitzer Prize for heaven's sake. That's not what I'm doing. I'm out here trying to give someone an escape, trying to give them a laugh, trying to give them a little moment of enjoyment. And, you know, it's a holiday read, it's a fun read, it's an escapist read. So I think we are going to see rom-com on the rise, which we are at the moment. Um, I've been writing rom-com since 2016, before it was popular. So I've definitely faced over the years, like that whole, people look down at you, oh my God, you wrote rom-com. And also, I, you know, I started my writing on Wattpad, which is even double to look down on. Because, you know, <laughs> Wattpad writers aren't real writers, obviously. So yeah, I've faced a lot of that prior to but now if you go into an exclusive books i mean what's one two three and four and five and six bestsellers Colleen yeah. Hoover. so i think the world is waking up maybe to the value of it and that's probably only because of the monetary value of it let's be honest you know as well because it's a big money maker these days but i think sure. they're also waking up to the value that it has in terms of just bringing some lightness to life for heaven's sake well it's a money maker for a reason because people are reading yeah. watching tuning in streaming yeah so it's interesting that you say that you are not a rom-com reader because I did want to ask whether no. that was where it started okay so you're uh -huh. not a reader of romance so why did you decide like what started it was there a particular moment or flash of inspiration or love affair or film or what like what got it going so a lot of people misinterpret me saying I don't read romance is like, I don't like the genre. Okay. Yeah, that's no, no. not true. I write in the genre. A lot of people are like, Oh, she doesn't. No, that's not true. But I'd never, I'd never read a romance. It just wasn't, I, I'd never read a romance until I wrote one. Um, I used to write on Rhythm City. I used to be a, a soap opera mm -hmm. writer and I think that just came easily. So I think the, you know, the, you know, you know, soap operas is like the wanting, the longing, the looking, the, you know, that whole thing. That's all you ever write about for the most part in a soapy. So I think it came easily to me transitioning between that and, and rom-com. I've always kind of written comedy. I've done like online comedy content and all that stuff. So the, the comedy comes easy and then the romance element kind of, but I don't, I don't read it. I'll read books, you know, if there's a really big seller like Emily Henry, my agent mm -hmm. will say, go read Emily Henry. I'll then read it. Or I'll read books that other authors send to me for me to give quotes on and stuff. And I always enjoy them, but mm -hmm. I tend to read kind of more literary fictiony stuff, even though I don't write in that genre. Got so it. I don't know. It's just... It's interesting. I mean, it's such a beautiful genre. And you were saying earlier that you also, you didn't start where you are now. You were started on Wattpad. Can we talk a little mm. bit about that original journey? Like not just from screenwriting into authoring a book, but also self-publishing and the kind of journey that got you from starting there to where you are today. Like I said, always been a writer of, of many different genres. You know, it's weird. I stumbled across this, this writing competition and it was to write a book and to post it on Wattpad. I'd never heard of Wattpad before, you know, the social media reading and writing platform, never heard of it. 
And um, I'd never written a romance and I'd never read a romance. And for some reason, and I, I can't quite explain it, I just entered the competition. It was just, I just did it. You know, the deadline was three weeks away and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's just try to write a romance in three weeks, see what happens. And um, I entered it and I started posting on Wattpad and it just blew up. I mean, it, it was like one of those viral things. You know, you, it, it's weird. It's like one of those things, when something goes viral, you don't force it. It just happens. Yeah. You know, and it just happened. I mean, from day one, day two, then suddenly hundreds of thousands of reads, millions of reads. It just snowballed out of my control. And I, bizarrely enough, landed up winning the competition, which was very surprising since I'd never written a book before or, <laughs> you know, read or written romance. It was, it was very surreal, very surreal. And then um, from there, I sort of got an agent. I didn't know anything about, I, I knew nothing about the publishing industry. I knew nothing. Mm -hmm. But I'd heard people say, you should get an agent. I was like, okay, I'll get an agent. <laughs> you know, naively, you know, stupid. I mean, it's, if I look back on it now, it's almost embarrassing. But back then, because I had no insight into the industry, I was just going along like this naive idiot. So yeah. I Google, who are the best How to find an uh, literary agents? <laughs> yeah. How to find an agent? Who are the best in the world? Just email them. I mean, I don't even know what to say to them. I just email them all. And yeah, no, I had an agent by the end of the week and like one of the Amazing. hugest agents in the world. It was really weird. It was so weird. So Wattpad really launched my career. And I, I continue to write I continue to write on Wattpad. I continue to post all my books on Wattpad. I've seen a direct correlation between sales and popularity on Wattpad. I'll, I'll give you an example. A book I wrote called Love to Hate You. Not my favorite book. I wrote it specifically for Wattpad. I was like, I'm writing this book for my Wattpad readers. I'm going to hit every trope. I'm going to go, I'm going to go full corny trope. Let me just take every trope. Let me hit it. Let me go. And I posted on Wattpad and I knew it would do well on Wattpad because I, you know, I ticked all those, you know, the boxes and it did, it did phenomenally on Wattpad. It was blowing up on Wattpad. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I should just self-publish this book because you know, and then my, my publisher was like, no, 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 let us publish the book. Hmm. And, um, but I said, you've got to publish it now, hey, because it's blown up on Wattpad now. We can't have, it needs to be done now. And I think it was in like, it, it was quick, hey, within like a month or so, it was up as an ebook. And I mean, it sold 100,000 copies like super quickly. I mean, it just sold overnight. The book went straight up to Amazon. I think it reached nine overall on the Amazon store, which is huge. So yeah. there's a correlation, a direct correlation. If you can get the timing right between a book and the popularity on Wattpad and converting that into sales. I've got an inbuilt readership there. So these people who kind of poo-poo on Wattpad and look down on it, um, I've been a huge proponent of embrace it. Embrace the way things are going. Embrace it and use it to get readers, to get sales, you know? So I'm a huge fan of Wattpad. It's such a cool story to hear you telling because I think the there's often a you know I, I think there are lots of there are lots of us out there who think there's a writer in me somewhere but where do I even start and it's just such a great story to to listen to your arc personally like going from Wattpad through to where you are now and I, I mean it's funny hearing you talk about love to hate you because that was the first one that I'd heard about in terms like in connection mm. with you and yeah. um, it is just, it is that great. It's such a glorious read. For those of you who haven't read it, um, I quickly grabbed this uh, off the interwebs before we started because I couldn't even remember what it was that I loved so much about the book. And then when I read the back, I was like, oh, yes, that's right. 
It is that Sarah <laughs> is usually a good girl, except yes. for one wild night in the backseat of a stranger's car. But what happens when mm -hmm. that bad boy turns out to be her new boss? I mean, this book just crackles three tropes good. <laughs> but crackles one trope, good two energy. tropes, three tropes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk tropes because I I, I loved um, what happens on vacation for its enemies to lovers, and mm -hmm. um, I wondered which of those romance arcs was your favorite. Ignoring love to hate you, which clearly just had the whole the whole banging lot. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite? Mm -hmm. Which one is the spicier and the more enjoyable for you to write about? Well, let's just talk about the idea of tropes in general first, because this was frowned upon a couple of years ago to use the word trope. That was like a gross no-no. You don't go, oh, this is a this trope. You didn't do that. Now the marketing of these books has become enemies to lovers trope, forced mm. proximity, grumpy sunshine. So it's just interesting, you know, I'm just expounding on the fact that it's interesting how something that was quite negative, which was this concept of tropes, yes. is actually now, you know, quite a setting point. Obviously, my favorite is enemies to lovers. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, It's so fun to write. It's so fun to write like two little bickering children. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when you hate someone irrationally, like I'll, my husband, I'll tell you about my husband. I hated him when I first met him. I had like a really irrational dislike of him, like really <laughs> irrational. I even told my therapist how much I hated him. Like I, I just, I, he just rubbed me up the wrong way. And then obviously five seconds later, I was in love with him. That's a bit simplified, <laughs> but you get the vibe. But so that is the I energy just, of like, that trope. That's the energy of that trope. And you know, there is that, it, it, it's true, you know, someone that rubs you up the wrong way there, it's for a reason, right? It's for a reason. And I, totally. I love the whole, I mean, you can have such fun with enemies to lovers because who doesn't like slagging someone off, uh, you know, in a book <laughs> with some witty banter. Um, love that. I also love grumpy, grumpy sunshine. Mm -hmm. I love that trope. And I wrote a book called After the Rain, which did really well as well. And it's a grumpy sunshine trope. It's like this hippie called Stormy Rain. She's into crystals and positive vibes and energies. And he's like a really grumpy lawyer, like an A-type lawyer. And they land up, it's forced proximity. They land up on this like road trip together. And, you know, like, a, you know, you know, there's a storm. They're flying somewhere, but there's a storm. The plane's forced to land. It never happens in real life. You know? <laughs> but, um, and that was fun because obviously she rubs him up the wrong way with her chakras and her positive energy healings. And he's like, what the hell are you even talking about? Please, woman. He doesn't say woman. That would be derogatory. You know <laughs> we I mean. don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that anymore. No. Don't say yeah. that no so, more. <laughs> No, we got to be so careful what we say as authors these days, um, which is a biggie. So grumpy sunshine I love just because I think I like things mm. where people can rub each other up the wrong way. That's what I think I like. So I love that you Fake say that dating. about grumpy and sunshine and the um, enemies to lovers because I, I also find your books very funny. And I think that mm -hmm. you chatting about that banter between conflicting personalities also is what adds that humor to those stories. And I think <laughs> yeah, genuinely to kind of find that funniness on a page is so, it's so great. And it's yeah. part of what I loved about what happens on vacations because just all the characters, not just the two main characters, but the, the second story arc, they were just all so mm. enjoyable. So in what happens yeah. on vacation, these two work colleagues who, as you know, now that we're talking enemies to lovers, um, who do not like each other, or do they, um, end up thrown together, well, he, heading off. He, likes he her. definitely likes her. Yeah. 
He definitely likes her, but she does not. She does not. And they end up being thrown together off on an island vacation and each of them very sweetly end up taking a lone parent with them. So she takes her mom and he takes his dad. So there's this great sort of second story arc that I absolutely loved. So what I wanted to ask about what happens on vacation, the first thing is, and maybe it's not just about this book, but is there a little bit of you in these books? And where do you get your inspiration from in terms of your characters and their personalities? I think there's a little bit of me in every single book I write. I think most of my characters are quite neurotic. They're quite like, I mean, you know, I think, honestly, I think I can't write without inserting myself in into the books, into the characters, because I like to write kind of this internal monologue that's constantly going on in people's heads. And I think a lot okay. of that monologue is mine. I mean, I've written people who are like, <laughs> You know, I, I, I write, I think I write, most people have a bit of a neurosis, like they're neurotic and stuff, um, which I am in, in real life. Um, so I do put a lot of myself into, into the books and also in the secondary characters, like I, like um, Margaret's mom, yes. who grew up, um, you know, in the trans sky, yes. like on a little trading station far away. My mom actually grew up, you know, in the trans sky on a trading station there in the middle of nowhere. And so, mm -hmm. like, there were some similarities. Not that my mom traveled the world and, you know, what was it? Performing shamanic rituals with, you know, <laughs> I, travel I mean, I take that far. I like to take my characters far. You know, I'll, they'll, they'll start with a bit of an ounce of truth and then I'll just blow it out of all proportion. Okay. And most of my, if I get a bad review, it's usually like, oh, my gosh, this was so unbelievable. That character is ridiculous. And, and yes, they are. I take something and I see how far I can go with it. I take an idea, I take a situation, I take a scenario, I take a character truth, and I just, I magnify it. And I, I, it's like an atom bomb. I'm like, how big can I make this explosion <laughs> before it's totally unbelievable? Often it is completely unbelievable, but that's the fun, right? That's yep, the fun Absolutely. It. So like, so if you want characters that are really rooted in truth and stuff and like really probably don't read my books. If you want something fun, it's over the top. Go for it. You'll love it. Every okay. time I get to a scene, I have a scene in mind and I, I think to myself, I go, what is the worst thing? The absolute <laughs> worst thing that could happen to everyone in this moment? Like not a little bad thing. What is the most awful worst thing that can happen? That's what I'm going to do to my characters. So like every time I approach a scene, I go, how can I just make this so horrendous for them? You know, I love that. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you're then reading um, what happens on vacation, I will, I can pretty much then pinpoint those moments in that mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. What I also loved about the books um, is that more often than not, they are based in some really fabulous location. I mean, I was ready to book my mm -hmm. plane tickets to Zanzibar when I finished uh, what happens on vacation. Is it a good excuse to arm trade travel or are these destinations that you've been to and loved? Do you have favorites? Like, I mean, I know we've hit Greece and there's been Thailand and Zanzibar. Where do you well, decide where I, they're going? Are they yours? I love, I love travel. I love traveling. And I, I, I write about all the places I've been to. The only place I hadn't been to was Greece when I wrote it. I planned okay. on going to Greece for a holiday and then I thought, oh, I'm going to set it in Greece. And then I can't remember for some reason that fell through. So when I don't go to a place, I, I, I jump on Google Earth 
and I put the little person in the street and I literally walk up and down the streets and I watch tourist videos that give you a sense of the sights and the smells yes. when I do my research. But for the most part, I've been to all of those places. I mean, I loved Zanzibar. I've always wanted to set something in Zanzibar. Loved mm. it. It's such an interesting kind of fascinating mix. You know, you've got, you know, it's obviously an African country, but there's heavy Middle Eastern sort of you know, yes. influence there. So it's a really interesting melting part of things. Thailand, that was my first one. Where else have I gone? Reunion, Thailand, Mauritius. Kenya. Where else? Oh, Mauritius. I mean, yeah, that's always fun. I like yeah. a tropical destination. I don't like snow. I don't like cold. I don't think I'll ever set something in Aspen or like a ski resort. That's just not my vibe. <laughs> okay. I think it has to be warm. It has to be interesting. I love Africa. Um, yeah. In fact, I think most of my things are actually Lots yeah, of I think most African of them are in Africa. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I love Africa. I love traveling in Africa. So, yeah. And can we chat a little bit about writing and the writing process? So what is the first mm. thing you do when you start writing a new book? So I have a very mathematical approach to it. Obviously, this is my full-time job. You know, you can't sit around and have inspiration like people, oh, I've got writer's block or I'm waiting for inspiration to come. That's not a vibe. You can't do that. I'm sorry. Sometimes you've got to go to work and you just hate your day and it's awful. You just got to get through it. So I, um, I'll look at my deadline. I've got four months, five months, six months to write a book, whatever. My mm -hmm. word count, I know I always net out at around 110,000 words. I'm incapable okay. of writing a book less than 110,000 words. So I just basically go, how many days do I have? Let's divide 110,000 words by X amount of days. Okay, great. My word count for the day is 2,500. Done. And that's what I have Go. to do every day, 2,500. Okay. If I don't make it, then I have to do more the next day. If I go over, great, then I can roll some forward and maybe have a bit of a, a chill day or yes. I can jump on top of it and keep, and keep doing more. So, you know, since it's my job, I mean, I, I come across as like I'm a bit disorganized and all over the show. I, I know I do. I lose things. I'm messy. But when it comes to this, it's very structured. It's very planned. I leave my house. I walk to my office, which is like what, like 10 meters away, but it feels good to <laughs> leave my house, go to a new place. And I, I come here from nine until five and I mm. sit down and I write. That's what I do. So, And yeah. when did it become your full-time job? When did you swap? I mean, you, you were talking about screenwriting on Rhythm City and writing comedy online. At what point were you, I mean, obviously there was a side hustle there for a while before you took it full time. When was that? So I had a company as well. We did copywriting. We did all sorts of stuff, you know, from script writing to copywriting, advertising, blah, 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 radio stuff. So I had an up and running functional company that, that had been going for many years. Mm. And um, I think I just also gotten a bit tired of clients and stuff, you know, dealing with clients. You write something and a client thinks they're a writer now as well. And um, they give their feedback. And it's not like, mm. it's not actually that constructive because um, they're not writers. Anyway, I think I got a bit tired of people in general, clients, all that stuff. So when I discovered this book writing thing, I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And I actually, mm. um, I kind of shut my company down, which was like a, a big, bold move. I know I just stopped doing what I was doing and I, I, I had money saved mm. and I said, okay, I'm going to focus on this. I've got enough money saved for X amount of time. Mm. If by the end of that, it's not, I can't make a living off this, 
then I am going to have to reevaluate life because, you know, I'd kind of given up and taken this wild leap of faith. And I'm going to be honest with you. It, it was sort of immediate, to be perfectly honest. Okay. I mean, the round, the round was terrible. I get paid in dollars and pounds. I think that's a huge plus. Yeah. So exactly. I think if I was a South, if I was just publishing in South Africa, um, I don't think that, that just wouldn't, I, I would not be able to be sustaining yeah. myself. But it's not just, I mean, it's not just traditional publishing that I do. I do do self-publishing. And then obviously my writing is on various platforms. So you do earn money. Well, you used to earn money through advertising revenue on Wattpad. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my books have been translated into foreign languages, which is great. Because um, okay. you don't do any work, but you get an advance. Um, and then... I'm also on a lot of gaming apps. So a lot of my books have been turned into interactive games. So I'm oh, on like oh, a variety amazing. of yes. you know, different platforms. Some of my work has been optioned for film as well. Um, but, you know, so there are a lot of different things that it's not just from the book alone necessarily. Yeah. I was very, very, very fortunate and very lucky. And I know that. And I don't take it for granted at all. Um, but I, But I do feel like when I kind of struck upon this, there was something in me that knew this was what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. I just had this feeling like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I felt like all the writing I'd done prior to this was almost just practice for becoming an author. An enormous amount of blood, sweat and tears that goes into that all looking like such yeah. an effortless segue. Yeah. Exactly. And I think I have to be honest, there was some luck involved. I think I struck on an idea at the time. For some reason, I struck on an idea that at the time people were hungry for. So mm. that I think is an element of luck, okay? But yes, I worked really hard. I work incredibly hard at this. I mean, for the first couple of years, I worked through nearly 90% of my weekends. I worked through 90% of the holidays. Now I'm more fortunate. I don't have to work if I've got a deadline looming. But now I work nine to five, five days a week. But for the first couple of years, I was working nonstop. I was churning out three, four books a year, you know? Now I've relaxed and chilled a bit. So I do think... There's obviously the harder you work, I do find the harder you work, the luckier you get. But there was also an element of luck, I think. And I, I don't know, I, could re I, I can't recreate that now. There was just mm. a moment in time where I wrote a specific book that people wanted to read. And that's, that was the luck. Just sparked it. I have a question in that case, because we're talking about your book being such a favorite for so many people. What is your favorite real life love story and why? My favorite love story. Yes. Real life love story, because I know you were saying you don't read. Oh, real life? Yeah, since you don't read romances okay, so necessarily. I'm, this is also going to disappoint everyone, and I've said it before. I'm not actually a romantic <laughs> person. I find romance in real life quite cringy. Like if my husband had to arrive home with like, like put petals down and I don't know, I would go, what? I'm sorry, what's wrong? What's going on? This is weird. Please don't do this. They'd be, I'd be like, if there were candles and roses, I'd be like, this is not my vibe. So I don't even know when my wedding anniversary is. We always forget. It. I'm just not a romantic person. Um, I can write romance. Sometimes I cringe when I'm writing it. I'll give you that, though. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is really a bit much. I need a moment. Um so I, I don't know. What's my favorite real life love story? I, I don't know. I don't think I have one. Like, okay, well, in that case, if, we, if we're not talking romance, let's talk book or characters. Like what book mm. or character do you wish that you had written? There's so many books I wish I'd Long written. Long <laughs> Oh, my God. So I think I read my favorite book of all time last year. 
And that's Any Man by Amber Tamblyn. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. No. Oh, my God. It's Shall shared. I add it to the top it's of written, the list immediately? Immediately. It's written in sort of – a lot of it is poetry sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's about a, a, a female serial rapist, okay? And it, it explores the issues of what it's like, the differences between men who are sexually abused, women who are sexually abused. So it's, it's, it's quite deep. I mean, it explores – a lot of issues, but it is so mm. brilliantly written. I, I could cry when I was reading it. My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that book. Absolutely loved it. Um, Notes on an Execution. Obviously, I'm a bit of a Donna Tart fan. Obviously, yes. I mean, that goes without saying. That's such a cliche. Um, I know, but impossible not to be. Ooh, Melissa Broder. Oh, my God. She's got to be one of my favorite authors. Milk Fed. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I like Dolly Alderton, Ghosts. I'm looking mm-hmm. at that right now. I yes. like Holly Bourne. I like, I like Holly Bourne a lot. I don't know if you've read any of her work. No. She's got a book called Pretending. Oh, it's magnificent. Okay. So oh, good, Pretending. Um, I did love so, Dolly Alderton as well. Ghosts, brilliant book. Yes. Just so sharp, lovely. so witty, so much and commentary, mm. so much mm. – yeah, exactly. But so smart, just so insightful and smart. I like that. Mm. I like that combination. I like humor, but it's a bit of satire. So we really are, you're able to explore issues through it that are relevant, that are worth looking at, but it's mm. still smart. So yeah, I mean, I read a lot of those, those mm. sort of kinds of books. I have one last question for you based on mm. the fact that there's so much destination going in your books and the fact that you live in South Africa. Um, can you give us a favorite haunt or a must-see or a something that uh, if one of your next books ever found them characters jetting into South Africa for an idyllic, sexy break, where would they be heading? Can I take it slightly out of South Africa? You can. Okay, right. So I recently went on a houseboat called the Chobi mm-hmm. Princess, and it kind of did Botswana on the Chobi River, Botswana, Namibia. That is one of the most magnificent part of the world. I mean, it's so, it's breathtakingly beautiful there. Insane. And the whole experience of just being on a houseboat, you're basically on like safari, but you can sit down on a couch and, you know, drink a glass of champagne while you look at the animals frolic. There's something so magical. I mean, this again, this is going to sound so corny. There's something so magical about Africa. I know that sounds corny, right? You know, <laughs> and I mean, my friends. It doesn't. And I, we're from Africa. Is, we know it. Okay. You know, and my friends and I were actually playing. So lame, but it was funny. We we played that song. What's it? We are the scatterings of Africa. You know that song. Okay, it's getting While a little we bit worse down, now. <laughs> this is so corny. While we were floating down this river, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. This place is amazing. I would love to put people on a houseboat, force proximity, great. Mm. So I think a houseboat on the Chobe River in Botswana. But I, I'm desperate to go to Lake Malawi myself on my next trip. And I've got a feeling like that's kind of a cool place. I'm loving that I get a, a little bit of travel thrown in with all the spiciness and romance. So I look very forward to seeing what comes next. What is next for 
Joe Watson. I know 2,500 words a day. I signed a four book contract. This is book one. Book two is coming out. Book two might be a little different. Let's see. Let's see. Book two, I'll tell you just a little bit. It's about a pilot Mm. and an air traffic controller. And, you know, the air traffic controller speaks to the pilot almost every single day. And they've never met. They just know each other's voices. I mean, you know where this is going, right? Don't you? I love it already. You know, I've said it. You know, exactly. You know where it's going. And it's the trope is fake dating. It's a fake dating trope. Recognize each other's voices in a coffee shop one day. Mm. They speak to each other all the time, but they've never met. So that's the next book I've just finished. And I've got two more books to write. The last book is going to be quite fun. It's about the worst sex ever. It starts with <laughs> this, you know, you know, you always write, I mean, in romance books, you always write like the best sex ever, right? It's like you mind do. blown. It's the best sex you've ever had, right? I was like, I want to write about the worst sex that anyone has ever had in the history of the world. <laughs> so this book starts out with like the worst the worst. So yeah, that's going to be quite fun to write, I think. I'm looking forward to that. I've already written some of that scene. So that'll be fun. (laughs) Excellent. Well, I can't wait to read all of them. For everybody else who's listening, you can find What Happens on Vacation by Joe Watson, as well as a really fabulously sexy, fun, flirty back catalogue of romance reads. So perfect for a weekend and a bit of escapism and everything in between. Joe, thank you so much. It was such fun to chat to you. And I look forward to comparing notes, not just on romance novels, but on Depeche Mode concerts and Depeche international Mode. locations yes. soon. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll chat about Depeche Mode soon. Can't wait. Okay. All right. Thank you Cheers. so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of PageCast. We love hearing from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, please contact us at pagecastpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep reading and listening.